Yeah. Am I recording? I can't tell if I'm recording. I think I'm going. What up, what up? How y'all feeling out there? We feeling good? What's up, novel ones? What's up? What's up to my movie goers and my movie lovers? What's going on? Let me give it up for my people. I try to get silent on that part. Because I want y'all to know how much I appreciate y'all. So that round of applause is for you. What up? My name is Terrell Bilal. This is Novelty's Movie Podcast. And it's time to talk some movies. Uh, I've been waiting. So the, this this podcast got delayed by a couple of days. Why? Just because of the timing. Like, um, So it's just an incredible push. I don't plan ahead for these type of things. I like to keep as much uh spontaneous energy as I can on the podcast so I don't plan ahead for these kind of things but I got bombarded with four movies in one weekend are you kidding me four movies and then after that we got two more major releases major releases next week so I just had to make sure I took it all in I wanted this to be my most exciting rounds for the crown and it is it is because I have five I have five new contenders uh yeah, I got five new contenders for this uh, rounds for the crown. I don't know if Joker is going to maintain his crown because the competition is fierce this time. I'm telling you right now, I've seen some good movies, people. I've seen some good movies. It's nothing like seeing good movies. It's nothing like having that chance to be positive. I need to be more positive. Uh, I'll be talking about why. I've seen Mr. Rogers, man. I've seen a beautiful day in the neighborhood and it changed me as a person. Rock me to my core. <laughs> Where will I get away I get into that in a minute. Uh, so let's get to the fun stuff. Um, I've been trying to get you guys um, closer to the podcast. And, you know, the number one way to do that is merchandising to really feel a part of the brand when you wear the brand. Uh, I'm trying to do that for y'all. Uh, I'm trying to do this every podcast uh, from here on out. Get my people on board. I want to get you guys a novelty podcast shirt. Um, so I want to do it in the slickest way that I can try to make it fun, try to make a sweepstakes out of it. I've been saying this on Facebook over and over again, but Facebook is a battle. It's hard to beat their algorithm. So I'll just tell you right now that I got something going for the novelty podcast listeners of getting you a t-shirt. And it's really easy, man. You got the knives out, uh, movie coming out. Uh, amazing cast. I would start naming off the cast, but I'll start forgetting people in this cast because the cast is this. It's just that massive, and it's something that I think should be examined. So I'm trying to get all y'all attention to it in this way. What is this movie gonna do? It's only projected to get 22 to 25 million. It's gonna exceed that, of course. By by how much? That is the question. Really. Will star power be able to help this genre survive itself? This genre constantly falls on its face. And I mean, murder mysteries, uh, uh, the, the clue style murder mysteries, they just can't thrive in this market. In this age, honestly, uh, it seemed like it's something that we kind of grew out of uh, or, or even never got into. So what's going to happen? I'm excited about it, but I, I really think it's going to be this year's biggest bomb. I think it's going to bomb. I think that it's going to open up probably around 30 million. But trust me, with the, just with the expenses of, of the cast alone, it's probably that's probably 20 million on its own. So I think ultimately it's going to bomb. But uh, I think that the marketing has been great and there's a really good chance I'm going to be wrong. But what say you? Can you nail it? Can you predict the knives out? opening weekend numbers. And if you can, if you are closest, and after you hear this code word, then you will be the winner. The code word is machete. It is machete for knives out. Uh, I'm trying to get something that'll stick to your brain, but it is machete. If you are the closest to the final numbers, well, I will hit you up. I will ask for a shirt size, ask for a dress, and ask for a code word, and you are in. And we're going to celebrate you being a novel one officially. It's a bunch of novel ones out there, but it's only a couple official ones. Can you be one? So let's get into some movies. Let's get into the trailer park. I know it feels weird, no front page, but it ain't no front page news. And I don't do fake news anymore, so we about to talk some movies. And I want to talk about the trailer park. The trailer park is where I examine some of the hottest trailers out right now. 
that I can find on the web anywhere. I give these things a rating from one to three. One, uh, you got to get the maintenance man in here. This thing is a mess. Uh, two, I uh, just need a little bit of work here and there. But overall, this is a serviceable trailer. And number three, man, you better get this thing on a road trip right now because I'm ready to live here and I'm ready to chase my dreams. I love this trailer. <laughs> That's my small over-dramatization of it. Let's get into it. The first trip. Sometimes I'm referred to as way too negative. And one day I thought to myself, how can I change that? And something started to manifest. Something started to manifest. And what that manifestation is, is a personality that I like to call Mr. Nice Guy. And with the week I had, with the epiphanies that I had, I feel like you should meet him, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, yeah, what's up, man? My name is Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, it's for Terrell. You can always call me Terrell. You're welcome to, and I'm here to talk some trailers with you. So let's get into some trailers, shall we? The first trailer is Queen and Slim. Everybody's looking forward to that Queen and Slim because it's something that's good for the culture. Black folks get to stand up and see our people be in love and be in power, baby. This is going to be a good one. We're going to have an acting clinic across the board. We're going to see some great acting because we already know Daniel Kaluuya, he always brings it. He was so good and get out. I mean, did you see that one scene when he cried? When he cried about the tea? I was just like, oh my God, this man is gifted. Uh, it's directed by Joni, Jody Turner-Smith. Uh, this is her directing debut. She is a specialist in music and she's coming from the music videos and she's going to be putting it down on Queen and Slim. People, we're going to see some good performances in here and I'm just so excited. Now, when it comes down to this, story story. we know it's gonna be a mess people we've already seen it we've already seen this happen to us a million times where they give us everything in the trailer we already know what's gonna happen when it comes down to this trailer now like mr nice guy said we're gonna get some good acting and it's gonna make this thing uh serviceable as a movie right it's gonna help people get um it's gonna help people get a certain level of appreciation uh uh i can't pronounce her damn name uh M melina but melina M melina uh, Masokas, look, these African actresses and French actresses, they're coming over here and uh, look, they're going to kill us Americans every time. Uh, I know I could research it, but then I'd have to do a bunch of weird shit. You wouldn't believe it. But trust me, people, uh, don't always believe Mr. Nice Guy. I always looking at the bright side. Let's look at this trailer. Look, let's talk about it. I'm going to talk about this trailer. And as I talk about this trailer, you're going to think that I've seen this damn movie, okay? So, okay, okay you get a girl who, who, who finally gives a guy a chance or whatever for whatever reason. I don't know why the reason might be daddy issues or whatever it may be. And she decides to go out on this date with this guy. So we already know that we're not going to know whose story this is. If it's their story, then it's going to be really important who this thing opens up on and i'm guaranteeing you guaranteeing you it's gonna open up on queen's character i'm pretty sure it is but they meet at the diner they had a tender date oh they go to the they get they going out they're chilling oh getting pulled over by the big bad white cop oh no black people heart get to going this is what gets us and oh this is now great drama so the cop of course is an asshole and then all of a sudden he ends up you know almost killing somebody and not here on the run oh but guess what us black folks, we love us and people who kill cops. Y'all heroes to us because cops kill us and blah, blah, blah. And they're going to go from this place to that place and everybody's going to be like, hey, yeah, they murdered somebody, but they're black and they probably were right. Even though they didn't see the situation at all, they're going to be like, they probably were right. Oh, we're probably going to get some type of Donald Trump expert. We're going to get excerpt. We're going to get, you know, the most racist people you ever seen in your life. You know, you're going to get these racist cops. I guarantee you, uh, I, I guarantee if it was an over or under number of the three racist things you're going to hear cops say in this movie, just to make sure that the audience is nice and against the police establishment and all of this crap. But you're not going to see any story. You're going to see a bunch of preaching. I just told you the whole story. They're going to be hopping from place to place with a bunch of people covering for them and, and getting their little politics in uh, about the cops and blacks relationship. 
ship. Look, this has happened already with black and blue. Now, this is going to be better than black and blue simply because it has to. It's going to be better. And I'm not even saying it's not going to be a good movie, but God, God damn it, man. We already know what the culture is about to do to this movie and try to make it some type of cult classic and try to find inspiration out of it. And it is going to be BS. And I was just being, that was me being a bit of a Mr. Nice Guy because uh, I'm betting against this movie. I'm thinking it's not going to give me anything, but we all know how it goes. It's coming out tomorrow, November 27th. Get ready, people. The movie you've been waiting on is here. It's been doing great marketing, I'm not going to lie. The next up is Six Underground. This movie is a Michael Bay directed film. Michael Bay is finally back, people. We've been waiting because this dude just loves to blow up stuff. I love watching Michael Bay blow up stuff. I even liked him blowing up the cars and got the transforming cars over in Transformers doing his thing. Y'all already know. Hey, he might not be the best storyteller, but you know what? He makes stuff that I like to look at, and it's going to be going down again in this movie with Ryan Reynolds, Dave Franco, and a illustrious cast and I mean they're gonna be bringing it out this movie don't seem to be about nothing but you got six people not six people but you got a couple people who's gonna be pretending like they're six underground while they're really going on missions to save the world and you know what you can't you know you can't miss with Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds he always he always make it happen because Ryan Reynolds is, is, is he's gifted he's 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 charismatic and he's gonna carry this movie and, you know you just know deep down in your heart you know deep down in your heart that nobody's going to survive Michael Bay's writing, okay? It's just not going to happen. Now, I'm not saying Michael Bay is a writer. He's not. But we already know the type of script that he approves of. We already know what he's about to do with this damn script. I proceed with caution. Oh, I didn't give, I didn't rate uh, the last Queen of Slim. I was interrupted by Mr. Nice Guy. Queen of Slim gets a three because it could succeed on some type of level that works. I don't know. But a part of me is betting against it. And for this one, I'd have to give it a two because I would never trust Michael Bay. Michael Bay cares way too much about stuff that does not matter to the script. He does not care about character development. He is just the most lazy director that you could ever ask to see. Oh. Now, he cheated. He cheated and he got people that we can't help but to uh, pay tickets for. I actually thought this was the Hitman's body Bodyguard 2 when the trailer first started, but it's not. Uh, but we know his strengths, right? We know his strengths. This thing is going to look good. You're going to have some cool-ass stunt work. You're going to have some cool-ass explosions, and you're going to have some okay dialogue. Uh, I think that Ryan Reynolds and Dave Franco should have great chemistry. Uh, they're both kind of the same person in a lot of ways with their sarcasm and kind of fueling off that uh, basically the entire movie. Ryan Reynolds is one of the few people who can actually get away with this. Uh, I think that this is uh, not even a concept at all. Hey, they pretended to be dead, and now they're doing stuff. Like, ah, come on, man. Come on. But I'm giving this thing a two because Michael Bay is going to get the budget. He's going to get the budget to blow some shit up. And I'm a guy. I like seeing shit get blown up. Help me. Next up is the movie Seaberg. That's right, Mr. Nice Guy's back, baby. Seaberg is starring uh, Benedict Andrews and Kristen Stewart. Look, I'm loving everything Kristen Stewart's doing. Kristen Stewart went on a quick hiatus. She chilled. She went to a couple of beaches, made out with a couple of dudes, and here she is back going on a run. She just did Charlie's Angels, and then she's doing another movie, a movie about some underground sea creatures at the bottom of the ocean, and it's gonna be fantastic, baby. It's called Underwater. But for this one. This one is called Seaberg, and this one she is having an affair with somebody in a Black Panther party, and ooh, it gets sticky, it get real, and this is gonna be some great tension, and it's being break, it's being brought by Amazon Prime, so you know it's gonna go down, baby. It's gonna go down with Amazon Prime. Yeah. I think, I think that it's a chance, it's a chance, it's a chance, it's a chance that this could work. Okay, now. I think that this one is a lot more sincere in its effort. It's a lot more sincere in its effort. And and this one you got um it is it is um about um you know how an era impacted the black experience and even impacted uh romance and even impacts interracial relationships. I think it's a lot more to be said. Uh I think that 
honestly, I think that this is trying to do the same thing that Queen and Slim is doing, but it's a lot more sincere in its effort. Um, and I think that Amazon Prime is the people to to bring it. I have been very encouraged by a lot of stuff that Amazon Prime has been dropping. Uh, they do have an eye for story, uh, just like Apple TV has been doing. But uh, of course, Amazon Prime started before and they kind of have the leg up on this type of thing. But this looks like a very interesting drama. Um, I didn't... Uh, include anthony mackie when i was uh uh listing those names but uh anthony mackie is in here anthony mackie is up and down for me i think that if you give him a good character he's gonna do well but if you give him an average character he will falter uh some people can't survive average characters and survive average writing i don't think anthony anthony mackie can but let's see uh christian stewart is back out in the limelight she's trying she's trying to become relevant again uh let's see what happens she is not a household household name even after her stint with twilight in, in a lot of ways, he's trying to outgrow Twilight, just like uh, Robert Pattinson is by taking on the massive, iconic role of Batman. And we'll see. Uh, it's going to work because it has to work. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, so Seaberg is coming out on December 13th on Amazon Prime. Check it out. Check it out. And the next one is Nice and Skin. This one killed it at the international film festivals and actually it's gonna be one of those uh, uh one of those production houses that's producing this one uh it is a jennifer Rita movie it is coming out on december 12th and uh uh okay yeah because uh we can't find anything else to say about this damn thing look okay i don't know like sometimes stuff just kind of get a, a a life of its own when it comes down to a fan base uh the those people who are at film festivals, they go and they spread the word of mouth and they make these things legendary. So with that being said, they kind of get picked up by bigger studios. Uh, it didn't in this case, and that's why it's not getting distributed. Um, it's getting distributed massively, but it's no uh, it's no massive release. They're not releasing this in a lot of theaters. You're gonna be able to uh, get this thing on. Uh, you're going to be able to see it on DVD soon. You can go red box this thing. Knives and Skin is a, a horror movie about, uh, you know, some shit. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I guess fucking trailer of one. But it comes out on December 6th. Check out the trailer if you need something to watch soon. <laughs> if you want to. If you want to. The next up is 1917. It is starring Sam Mendes and Benedict Cumberbatch. It is a World War II drama about a man who is basically Nathan Hale. This boy is going through the worst of it. He is going through intimate territory to try to get a note to his brother to try to warn him. Now they hitting all of the good spots on this one. You got the family dynamic. You got the war dynamic. You got the drama dynamic. You got every kind of tension that you could ever ask to see in this one, baby. And it's coming out on Christmas. It's something for all of the veterans to go out to see. It's something that you want to kind of indoctrinate your younger sons and daughters to to show you just how much this other generation fought for the rights that we enjoy today. And it's going to be a good one. You know that Benedict Cumberpatch, he come through every time. 1917, it's going to be a good thread. What, nigga, you ain't got nothing to say? The next one up is Bombshell. Uh, Bombshell is Nicole Kidman. She released her aunt, Margot Robbie, and Kate McKinnon from a Lionsgate production. Now, I didn't let Mr. Nice Guy touch this one. And I don't want to seem like I'm the bad guy. I'm not. I don't know if that's how I sounded. Look, I come because I'm the expert. And this looks very confusing. Look, this thing has all the ingredients to be the worst thing you ever seen or the best thing you ever seen. So I feel like it's hard to even get into this one. So look at the talent. The talent is there. Uh, Charlize Theron playing, um, ah, damn, Carrie, uh, the, the reporter, the reporter, damn it, Kelly, what Kelly. What are you doing? Kelly. What are you doing? Oh, the Kelly girl. She got a show and she's all controversial and stuff, man. But anyway, she had a beef with Trump. So this is a story about literally nothing. They're just, <laughs> just making up a story. And I've never seen anything like it. But you got you got the people that you got in here. It, 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 stars like this don't come out for a script that's weak. So this could be a strong script. I'm not one of those people who read scripts. I feel like because of all of the leeway that directors have where they can kind of really disrespect the script um 
studios, they do the same thing. So I don't get that crazy about scripts. I mean, you had this, the movie Passengers with Chris Pratt. That was an incredible script. Hollywood was talking about that script for a year or so. And by the time they made it, <laughs> it was a mess. So I don't give that much credence to scripts. But I think they saw that this was an incredible script and it brought the talent. And it's kind of incredible. So let's see if the talent can survive with a story essentially about nothing. This is It's about Donald Trump saying something mean. And, and, <laughs> and that's kind of... <laughs> what this movie is about so let's see if they can pull this off i don't know if i want to be nice to it and i don't know if i want to kind of just forsake it i don't know what it is as a project but my eyes will be on this one i am excited about it because i'm excited to see charlise Theron really unleashed charlise Theron is a gifted actor she is a generational talent and i'm always excited when she gets on the screen always and finally oh oh damn i didn't i didn't rate the last two trailers man mr nice guy throws me off 1917 definitely gets a three. It looks incredible. It's basically the story of Nathan Hale without being the story of Nathan Hale. I guess this is somebody's true story. Bombshell gets a two because I'm just really on the fence about it, but it could easily be a three and it could easily be a one. And finally, we get to the marriage story, a movie starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. So you're going to get an acting clinic. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to get an acting clinic. So you got to love good acting or whatever. But this story is about a divorce or whatever, whatever. Look, if you like dramas, I think that you should see a marriage story. Um, I think it's out right now, actually. But I think that you should see a marriage story. You will um, enjoy it. I think it's a Netflix production. Uh, and, you know, whatever. It's basically some people going through a divorce, man. And you know how sometimes divorce can take years. They can be ugly. They involve kids. Uh, it can be uh, complicated, you know. And the dude, is in, he's in the film industry. And that's, that's, what's, uh, that's what's destroying his marriage, huh? Any foreshadowing there? I hope not. No? No? You'll be all right, man. <laughs> and don't you judge me. Everybody loved Mr. Rogers when he talked to his puppet, so here's my puppet, Mr. Nice Guy. How do you like him? Since I'm so damn mean. That fucking movie, man, it really got to me, I'm telling you. Can't wait to get into the rounds for the crown. Let's see what happens. So next up is a segment where I put myself on a plank in a lot of ways, right? So... The critic of critics, uh, apparently. Uh, apparently, people anticipate me not liking things. I think that this is very unfair to do to people, uh, but I guess I earn it. Uh, so people always think that I want to just just rag on stuff. It's not the truth. That's not my truth. Okay, I go into everything 50-50, Even when I see a trailer, even when you just hear me talking about these trailers, I say these things purely as speculation. Uh, none of it is fact. I go into something 50-50. Really. I'll walk away from something and be like, that was terrible. Really? But the facts say otherwise. So I want to go and revisit some of the year's most successful films, some of the film's most highest critically reviewed films. And let's see if I was being a hater. I want to call this segment Hater Ray. Let's see if I was drinking that good stuff. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> Am I drinking? Am I drinking water? Oh my drinking hater ray. So let's get into it. I know this is kind of uh unfair, right? Because you should be the one judging. But I don't know. You don't know. You don't know if I know. You don't know. <laughs> the first one for the hater raid is Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame was a massive success. Uh 2.7 billion dollars in Disney's most successful movie in history. And critics gave it a swapping. 94% certified fresh, and the audience gave it a whopping 90%. So this thing is getting A's across the board, and it's the most successful movie ever. And me, I'm like, uh. So, <laughs> I didn't think Avengers Endgame was a bad movie. But when something is this successful, by not saying that it's great or not saying that it's good, you are under the eye of scrutiny. So I made a whole podcast about Avengers Endgame because it was the most anticipated movie of my lifetime. Uh, I have never enjoyed a saga like I enjoyed the uh, Marvel Universe. Uh, the whole uh, Infinity Gauntlet arc, I was all for. I love so many of the movies. I love Marvel's format. I was in tune. So when Endgame finally brought everything to a head, I was really disappointed of its focal issues. Now, 
a lot of times I say focal issues and it's very, I honestly use the term wrong. Uh, Focal issues in the movie industry is when uh, you have trouble with your focus, your focus lens or, or, or where you are with your lens uh, in, in relation to the proximity of your actors and you'll, you'll, you won't, you'll be out of focus and that's a focal issue. But I like to kind of pervert it in a way of saying that it can be a focus issue for your characters and your story arc. Uh, that's what I seen in Endgame. Um, this was Tony Stark's story. Tony Stark's story, but it just didn't feel that way. It got muddled with so much. Uh, Captain Americans, Captain America's arc was a mess. Uh, <laughs> I thought what they did with Hawk was very underwhelming. What they did with Thor was very confusing. Like it, it was just so much where you didn't think that you would be dealing with entire character arcs when they were trying to wrap this thing up. Uh, that took away from a lot of the action. Uh, we went to see an action movie. We didn't really get uh, too much of an action movie. Uh, I think that the final battle at the end was cool, but they already gave us that in Infinity War. So they kind of regurgitated some stuff from Infinity War, a superior movie, by the way. Uh, I, I also think they even did better with Civil War. I thought that they even did that better with that. But um, with Endgame... I guess they did what they could trying to close so many story arcs and then trying to, you know, close out Robert Downey Jr.'s contract because I just don't think Iron Man should have died. That was another problem that I had. But at the end of the day, um, it kind of doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, the stand power for this thing will matter when you watch this thing 10 years from now. Now, 10 years from now, you will look at it and be like, that wasn't a bad movie because this isn't a bad movie. It's not. But it's very underwhelming, very disappointing. And if I told you that, you know, some of the best action movies ever made in cinema was was all building up to Endgame, I think that you'd be disappointed. But at the end of the day, I was drinking eight or eight. It was eight or eight. I'm not going to lie. This thing, <laughs> this thing did way more good than harm. And for that, it might have been some haterade. Haters it was haterade. Hate. Next up is the Lion King. Lion King, uh, hey, critics and the audiences are a lot more uh, divided on this one. But when you got something that makes $1.6 billion, and these numbers is probably outdated, it probably brought in another couple hundred thousand <laughs> since I took these notes. And then you got an 88% with the with the audience. And, that, and if it's that many people watching it, then that's a lot of people rating this thing. So... What happened is, is that um, you had classic songs, I think, carrying a movie, right? Um, and this is interesting because I kind of saw this play out in the opposite with Frozen 2. Uh, Frozen 2 is, it had new songs. Uh, they had new songs and it really struggled, right? Where, where Lion King had old classic songs to carry its poor story structure. And, and I know it's confusing, right? Because you got Lion King, which is barely a good story, <laughs> You got Lion King, which is barely a good story, but you had good songs, good acting, and it was a good story because of um because they they didn't overcomplicate the whole monarchy thing, right? They didn't make it too complicated. Uh, they kept the story simple enough for you as a child to still appreciate it and love the musical numbers. So when you get these incredible musical numbers in Lion King, you are sold again. But the critics weren't so. The critics saw the problems in the story. I feel like ten years from now. If you look back and you watch Lion King and I told you that it was the worst version, I think that you believe me. I think that it I think that it just did so much of a disservice by trying to modernize Lion, Lion King. They didn't. They could have left this thing in the vault and left it one of our all-time classics. And if they try to spin a live-action Lion King 2 out of this, I'm going to lose my shit because it's going to succeed. It's going to succeed and I'm going to be right back here wondering if I drunk Haterade hating this movie. But people, trust me, um, you're not wrong. If, you, if you've been avoiding Lion King, you're not wrong for that. If you did watch it with your kids trying to indoctrinate them into the Lion King and you were sourly disappointed and you told them, no, 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 y'all got to watch the cartoon. I can't blame you for that. So for that, with that being said, I was definitely drinking the water, the Kool-Aid. I know that I know that Jim Jones messed up Kool-Aid for the world, but I think that Kool-Aid is a lot better of a, of a good thing, even though it's not a good thing. It kills you. But at the same time, <laughs> Short term, I'd rather be drinking Kool-Aid than Haterade. And on this one, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, on this one, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it right. I got confused for a second. Next up, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw starting to rock. 
Jason Statham, uh, one of the year's most successful action films. But we know that the Fast and Furious franchise has a tendency to do this because the Fast and Furious franchise banks on star vehicles. They don't really care about story. They stopped telling stories movies ago. <laughs> All they care about is the star vehicles. And this one, it worked. This thing racked in $759 million. Jesus Christ, I almost made a billion, man. The Rock, man. Don't, don't, just don't, don't, don't doubt The Rock. Never sleep on him. Audience, the critics gave this thing a score of a 67, while the audience gave this thing a 88. So that means a lot of people. A lot of people is really loving what they did with this one. I don't think that a lot of people was watching this uh, critically. I don't think a lot of people went into this looking for a good story. Uh, and honestly, I didn't either. But I thought that the story that they came up with with the, with the game of cat and mouse, it was silly. It was just downright silly. Uh, it was no way that with the technology that was in this thing that the story that happened happened. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and it constantly took me out of it. Um, I don't know what they were trying to do with the romantic elements in this one. The Rock has zero chemistry with it, with any woman. It's it's, it's very weird. Uh, and, and, and I do like what they did with his daughter i do like the whole samoan element of him going back home but it was another useless thing that the rock probably campaigned for and he got but it was another thing that just did nothing for the story and they actually had to contrive ways to make it work uh i think 10 years from now you'll be looking back at hobbs and shaw and you'll be like there's probably better action movies and it is trust me it is and i'm drinking the kool-aid on this one next up is it chapter two it Chapter 2 racked up $467 million, uh, but critics only gave it a 62%, and the audience gave it a 78%. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, that didn't even succeed that much, but $647 million, that's a success. Uh, I guarantee you that they doubled their budget. That's the rule of thumb in Hollywood. If you don't double that budget, you ain't make no money. They doubled the budget, uh, but uh, 80%, I, I put this on there because how in the hell did it make 80%? It Chapter 2 made an 80%. Well, I know it's a 78, but it might as well be an 80%. I don't think that this thing was a B- minus at all. It was a mess, people. It was a mess. Um, It was just all over the place. And they cared, they cared way more about being scary than actually being a story that makes sense. Uh, Now, I'm not going to lie. I realized this with Dr. Sleep. There's just a lot of problems in the It folklore the, the it, it, pennywise doesn't make sense as as a entity he doesn't uh and if he's as powerful as he is there shouldn't be resistance there shouldn't even be resistance so with that being said i think that when you write a script for pennywise you have to bring in more supernatural elements to combat him i'm not gonna believe that just some people are gonna just beat him and then they kind of got rid of the whole children aspect of it and i know you're thinking like oh well, what's the significance of that but they made it significant in the first one that, that that they're the most prone to be fearful and that's the taste that he likes the most and I, I i just don't i just don't get it he had ample chances to eat people in this one and he didn't and, and, and what is the point of them at this point, it's just to make money. I sensed it. I hated it. The critics sensed it. They hated it. But I get a feeling that people are a lot warmer to It Chapter 2 than they should be. And I think that when you look 10 years down the line, you would never believe that It Chapter 2 succeeded at all. And I think that I was drinking the Kool-Aid on this one. Next up is Godzilla, King of the Monsters, bringing in $385.9 million. Now, the critics hated this thing. I'm right with the critics, not ass with the critics. They got this thing at a 41%. That means that it was a bunch of zeros getting put down. <laughs> and the audience gave it an 83%. Now, I'm going to get I'm going to go ahead and knock 10 off that audience score because I didn't realize how massive Godzilla is. Uh Godzilla has a big fan base. And then when you start going international, uh it gets massive uh godzilla has been around for a really really long time influencing the culture for a really really long time and i was excited because they somehow made the first remake of godzilla in 2014 watchable it was actually enjoyable a lot of people said it wasn't enough godzilla and what they did was they made it more of a character story they made it about the people and i appreciated it i needed it i needed it so with that being said um yeah i think that i was not drinking haterade again uh i think that for this one, um, I think that for this one, they went way too big on the monsters, right? The, in the first one, it was like, oh, not a lot of monster. It's a story about people, but I kind of care about the people. They're relatable. Oh, man, Godzilla is not a monster, but a hero. I like that. 
But then here, they kind of completely forewent that. They tried to bring in some type of element of human story, but it was about a divorce, and that shit's whack. <laughs> That's pretty whack. Uh, and then, um, you know, you, you you go, you forego Godzilla being a hero, and here he's God. And it's like, eh, can can we do better? Like, can we do better than this? Like, I, I I'm not for the God angle. But let's do better with the human story or let's do better with the monsters that's in here. You know, it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, By the way, if you haven't seen Godzilla by now, that's your fault. Godzilla died in this movie and it didn't matter. This is how much of a mess this movie was narratively. So, again, I think that these things don't age well. I think that if you watch this movie in five years, let's just say five. I think that people, if they're looking for something to go to that's like big, entertaining and it, you know, it's a sleepover or something like that, they'll watch Godzilla King of the Monsters. So, um, I don't think anybody would, you know, remember it. It's just too much of a mess and you can't take anything from it. And the ending was so corny. The ending was so corny that it made the whole movie corny. The ending had all of these monsters bowing to Godzilla. They had monsters that he killed in the first one bowing to him. It was a mess. It was a fucking but i don't know how they're gonna contrive a part three where he fights king kong i don't know how they're gonna do it but they're gonna figure it out and it's going to be terrible and this one i was definitely drinking the kool-aid and finally we get to harriet which (laughs) raked in a modest 33 million but it didn't have much of a budget so this thing made about 14 15 million uh and the critics gave it a 73 percent and then the audience gave it a 93 percent so this clearly isn't a bad movie and honestly i predicted that it wouldn't be a bad movie but a bunch of podcasts ago i went on a tangent because i am tired of hollywood's laziness hollywood is very lazy when it comes down to black narrative every year they're like we need the black dollar and they're first thought is uh slavery now shout out to jordan peele i'm hard on jordan peele but i will give him props for this uh he showed that you can bring the black dollar to the theater with sci-fi you can bring the black dollar to the theater with horror you can bring the black dollar to the theory theater with other genres i am so sick of seeing black people like this i think that we have grown so much since then and i'm just outgrown of it all right so i said fuck slave movies and i still feel that way but this thing does have some type of cultural significance to somebody maybe it's one person that needs to see this movie that changes them um changes their essence and for that i will say that i was drinking a haterade just because to somebody this movie could be useful and if one person if you can change one person you can change a billion so with that being said, uh, there you go. I was drinking hate on hate. Hate. But, you know. Yeah, good job, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So the next one, uh, a couple of podcasts ago, did this strange thing, right? Where I was like, Y'all hear me talk about movies all the time. You hear me talk about movies so much that you're tired of me talking about movies. And you're at the point where you want somebody to get on this podcast and rebuke some of this stuff that I say, refute some of the stuff I say. Uh, And, you know, it doesn't happen. It's just me talking to a wall. Gets old after a while. But I'm telling you, my podcast is a lot better if you listen to it while you do other stuff. Then you'll realize the magic of my podcast. You might like pay attention for a minute or two and be like, oh, he got a good point. And then I start rambling on and on and on. You're like, oh, you're mean. <laughs> so I got screwed every so I get screwed every time. So I want to get back to a segment that I like to call Mind My Business. Um, so in this segment, I react to stuff on the internet that has nothing to do with movies. Uh, just be a guy, you know, you know, reactions to some stuff. But this time, I want to take it a step further. This time, I want to make a Facebook edition. That's right, where I am reacting to the memes that I see on Facebook. No shared stories, uh, no shared posts, but reacting straight to memes. I will describe to you the picture, and then I will say the joke, and then we will react to it. Because a lot of times, especially with Thanksgiving, these things are microcosm of our society. Sometimes they are hilarious, and I think that they should be talked about. So let's get into it. The first one that I come across on the timeline is... uh, it's a black guy with a uh, what looks like a Gucci hat <laughs> on with a blunt under his nose, a smiling goatee, and it says your uncle trying to get your attention to go outside with them before dinner ready. Hashtag Thanksgiving with black families. Uh, <laughs> and then it kind of saying, let's go for a walk, uh, nephew. I think this is pretty accurate. When you got family who are uh, 
smokers, you get that, man. You get that. And um, you, you just find them finding all kinds of ways to get the kids out of the room. Uh, it gets really creative. Uh, what you got to hope for is you got that family member who don't really smoke and they can kind of keep the kids distracted and entertained. This is the best time to have you a game console where you can kind of get the kids in there and uh, get kids playing on that. I got this thing called Xbox Connect because I will not buy a new Xbox. But I got the connect, uh, and you know, kids get entertained for hours off that. That's that's that. That's great for the for the adults to go in the next room and smoke, and that's definitely the truth. And next up, uh, you got a comic book strip. Uh, all these needs a new store brand product, baby formula, Moriona. That's not funny. That's not funny. It might be funny if I read it in its context, but I'm not. I'm not. This isn't working. I'm. I'm. I'm abandoning this segment, y'all. This isn't working. And of course, when I want to see some memes, all I'm seeing is pictures of random shit. This isn't working. So, <laughs> all right, let's get let's get into the original. Um, what is it called? The original. My my business. Yeah, to the top stories because memes don't work out. They're not as interesting. Headlines are interesting. I think they transfer pretty well. Breaking news. All right. Trump invited to attend the next phase of hearings. Uh, Let's talk Trump, shall we? I ain't scared to talk no politics. They say don't talk politics or religion. I will talk politics or religion. I don't I don't care. Um, Look, I'm not a religious person. (laughs) I'm not not a religious person. I'm not a uh, politics. I'm not partial over politics. Uh, I think that I go with kind of what's right, you know? So with that being said, let's talk some politics. So. The House Judiciary Committee announced that it will hold its first hearing of the impeachment proceedings into Donald Trump on December 4th. So, people, you know what this means? That means that Donald Trump is about to be impeached. Now, I get uh, conflicting reports on what an impeachment is. Apparently, uh, impeachment is just kind of like a we got you type thing. Like, oh, you wait till your presidency over. (laughs) And then it voids the presidency. So, in all likelihood, it will void Donald Trump's term. And then he will be likely to run again. Now, hopefully you can't survive um, the 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 shame that an impeachment is and they make it hard to run again. Um, and he won't get a free term. Now, I'm not saying if Donald Trump should win or not. Um, I think this all the time. We all like get so fearful about Donald Trump winning again. People, Donald Trump is president right now. And like everything's OK. You know, everything's OK. And the sky isn't falling. But I don't know if I would want four more years. <laughs> but I think it's crazy, right? Like, like Donald Trump never got out of his gangster ways. Now, if you know about Donald Trump, you know that the dude is a gangster, okay? He, he thinks like a gangster. Uh, he will muscle you. He will bully you. He will do all of that stuff. And uh, it's just something that transferred to him as a president. Uh, everybody who really knew about Trump, we already knew this. Uh, and the country tried to stop it, right? He lost the popular vote. But, you know, the way our, our system is set up, that's the way it goes. But, dude, the, the, the dude breaking a lot of laws, <laughs> I don't know if he means to. Honestly, I don't know if he means to. I think that the dude has been rich his whole life. So it's like, you know, he just does what he wants. And that gets us here. But, hey, the dude is probably about to be impeached. I mean, every step that goes further for this guy works against him. Everybody in his circle has been arrested or is uh, under or under investigation, and it's looking ugly for Trump. People, he's he's probably about to get in. Breaking news. Next up, exploding California wildfires triggers more evacuations, and this is crazy too, right? Uh, you know they say um, God gives you signs. Look, my life is always pointing to California. Uh, everybody's like, oh, you're destined to be in California. Oh, you want to be in movies, California? Look, California seems cool, but it seems expensive and it seems dangerous. Why is it always wildfires over there? There's always wildfires in California. They talk about they ain't got no clean water. People, I don't know what to do. I don't want to go to California. I actually love it here. I love it in Ohio, but you know, I, this is this is horrible. <laughs> But there's another wildfire, man. It's it's a lot of wildfires happening. Um, we kind of don't talk about global warming. I don't know if that played into this wildfire. There's wildfires in Africa. There's wildfires in Brazil. There's wildfires in Australia. Uh, people, something's going on. Do what you can to stop this. I tried to challenge uh, my listeners into veganism. It was a really bad joke. Nobody did it. Nobody listened. And uh, I know that it's an uphill battle. 
But uh, veganism really cuts down on um, the demand for meat, and that will close c- cuts down cut down on uh, emissions. Uh, one way we can do it is we can uh, walk more, use our cars a little less, maybe do some ride sharing, take the bus more often, where more people are using the same emissions, and you know just try to do what we kind of do can do to cut down on it because the world is changing, people for the worse, for the better. Who knows? I'm banking for the worse. Breaking news. Melania Trump booed by students at Youth Summit. I'm a mom, my business. Breaking news. MLB investigating p- pitcher for alleged domestic violence. I'm going to mom, my business. I, I said something, uh, commenting on something, uh, some poll asking about uh, women's body count, and I had women in my inbox. It was bad. <laughs> so I'm going to mom, my business. That's an easy Breaking one. Breaking news. 30 insane Black Friday deals. I won't mind my business. I did not like Black Friday. Friday, Am I crazy? I don't like Black Friday. I, I think that you can find better deals on Cyber Monday and you can find better deals just all around. Like Black Friday has become so massive that companies realize that they can still profit on Black Friday outside of Black Friday. So you got, you know, Thanksgiving deals and then you got the Black Friday deals. And then after that, you got deals just all the way leading up to Christmas. You got Christmas Eve deals. So it's just like it never gets me. I don't I don't get how it gets everybody. Why is it such a big deal? Breaking news. Interview with ousted Papa John CEO goes viral. Uh, the thing about it is, I don't really care about a racist person. I don't care. I don't care that a person is racist. I think that we are all indoctrinated into racism, right? We say, oh, I'm black. I identify as black and I am proud of that. So now that I'm proud to be black, I'm going to be impartial to black issues and that's going to make me a racist, right? Like I go through that as a as a football fan, right? I'm a I'm a Browns fan. My quarterback is white, but there's a quarterback in my division. I hate all quarterbacks in my division, but he happens to be black. So what am I supposed to do? Be happy for him. People are like, oh, okay, you, you that's cool. Just because you're a Browns fan, you don't have to be happy for him. But, bro, I don't care if he's black, white, purple, or blue. I don't like him. He's against my team. I, I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But that's that's when so what Papa John with the Papa John's dude, it was kind of like systematic racism. That's what I got a problem with. That's what I got a problem with. If if you're racist by incident because you believe in race, then you know you believed in race. You you bought into it, and you know we hopefully we can change that. Hopefully we can change it one day. But this guy, is, you know, it's just a systematic racism. Like I, I had an LP at one of my jobs. He was like black people steal. Like, come on, man. A systematic racism. That's when I have a problem with it. Hagger breaks her silence on father's divisive friendship with the generous. I'm my mom business. Breaking news. What? Priyanka Chopra? Yeah, Priyanka Chopra takes off makeup, leaving us speechless. My my business. Very not interesting. Breaking Megan news. Megan and Harry shake up their Thanksgiving plans. Uh, I'm gonna not mind my business, but that's just to say, hopefully they did vegan Thanksgiving. So I found out that some people do vegan Thanksgiving who aren't who aren't vegan. I encourage that. I encourage that. Uh, I can't imagine how much animal slaughter picks up for the holidays. So it's very cool that um you know people are thinking about you know, cutting down on that. But I don't think that's what they're doing, but I don't feel like looking into the story, but just know that that's what I hope it is. A couple more stories and then we're moving on. Man who called Dow 2000. What the hell my mom, my business. I'll make this the last story. Breaking news. Feral hogs attacked and killed a woman on her way to work. Hmm. You think they shaved her stomach off and called it bacon? I was just playing, y'all. So, it's time, people. It's time to get into the most intense rounds for the crown. <laughs> rounds for the crown is where I rank the hottest movies out. I put them in a playoff seating from the hottest to the nottest. And I talk about what is the best movie out right now. And I give it the crown champion. The crown champion is an acronym. It stands for Cinema's Renowned Original Winning Narrative. I know that's a lot, but I think that it encapsulates what this movie is. So let's get into it. Let's bring out the seating. Bring them on out, Mr. Nice Guy. All right. 
for the number one seed. We got Frozen 2, the new Disney Pixar movie, and it is killing it. Cleaning it up in the box office. You got some amazing song numbers in here. Some of them ain't that good, but at the same time, they got like one, and it's real catchy. I was singing it for like an hour after I left the theater, and Frozen is gonna be the number one seed because it's the hottest movie out right now. The kids is loving it, I guess. Number two is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, starring Tom Hanks, and this one is a good one. It's a good family, fun-filled character narrative, and it make you examine yourself. Who are you in the Beautiful Day's Neighborhood? Number three is 21 Bridges, starring Chadwick Boseman, and it is a thriller where the cops shoot at each other, and the other dudes shoot at other people, and uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good, I guess. It's okay, I guess, okay. Even me, Mr. Nice Guy, can't even lie about this one. Wait, but we'll get more into that. And number four is Joker, the crown champion. You all know about Joker. If you ain't seen Joker, what is you doing with your life? Number five, Ford versus Ferrari, the new, uh, the new, what is it? I guess I call it a, a documentary drama. The new drama, Ford versus Ferrari, starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale is the number five seed. The number six seed is Dr. Sleep and Don't Sleep on this one. This is not a bad movie. One of the best horror movies of the year. And it's back on the countdown at the sixth slot. Number seven is The Good Liar, starring the legendary actors. They're old and I forgot their name, but they are great in this movie. And trust me, if you ever wanted to see some good acting and didn't really care about story or all like that, well, this is the perfect movie. Drop everything and go see it. It keeps it on edge from beginning to end. The ending was a little silly, though. And number eight is Claws. Claws is a Netflix original starring Ryan Reynolds about the origin story of Santa Claus. Everybody's talking about it. Netflix is doing pretty good with it, and it's just in time for the holiday season. All right, so let's get into it. So the first matchup on the rounds for the crown is Frozen versus Claws. Uh, this is a very interesting matchup because it's magical, you know. <laughs> I think it's so interesting. So you got two kids movies. Just, just I don't, I don't plan these things. You got two kids movies. You got them squaring off. Number one and number eight, right? And you got one that's a great movie, and you got one that's a very average movie that was nothing but a money grab. Who do you think it was? Who do you think it was? Of course, it was the Disney production. Listen, people, I will talk more about Frozen in a second, but I was very disappointed in Frozen too because they didn't try with the story. If anybody knows story, it's Disney. You know why? Because they tell the same damn stories. They tell the same damn stories. I would never think that they would try to step outside of themselves and try to do too much, and that's exactly what they did on this one. Now, I get it. I get it. Let's get some context here. This is a kid's movie, and they made it for kids, for, for the kids to sing along to. But what I think is, I'm standing up for these kids. They deserve better story. <laughs> they deserve better ones. The songs weren't even that good, for Christ's sake. It's crazy. With that being said, I was not a big fan of Frozen 2. Uh, if I had a son or a daughter, I would pray that they didn't like it. And it is losing to Claws in a first round upset. That's right. Claws is going for the next to the next round in the rounds for the crown. Next up is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood versus The Good Liar. Uh, look, I really enjoyed both of these movies, but one is a superior movie. It's a superior narrative, and it knows what it is from beginning to the end. The, the, the Good Liar, I really didn't like the twist. The twist was the only thing that make, could make sense, honestly, the way that the story was going. But I was so into it while the story was going, and I was hopeful that they were going to be able to bring me an ending that I could kind of buy. This one was very far-fetched in a lot of ways, uh, but it was the only way to make this story work. I didn't know what I was going into when I went and seen this movie. I just knew that I was going to see me some good acting. Um, Ian McKellen and uh, Helen Mirren is the names that I just cannot think of are the stars in this one. It is incredible. I uh, love their performances. Uh, but with that being said, the ending just did not uh, bring it for me. And uh, A Beautiful Day was the exact opposite. So, uh, let's talk about the beautiful day, a beautiful day in the neighborhood for for a while. So this was not the story of Mr. Rogers. This wasn't his origin story of anything. This was just a story that lets you know the impact of Mr. Rogers. Uh, it was incredible. Um, 
so I, they they looked at uh, Mr. Rogers through uh, the prism of a journalist who was studying Mr. Rogers and um, quickly became his friend as Mr. Rogers wouldn't allow him not to be his friend. And you get to see what it mean how cynics affect the world. Uh, who is a cynic? <laughs> Yours truly. So I, it was weird, right? The dude is a journalist and people would talk to him how people talk to me. And I was just like, in a lot of ways, this movie is talking to me. I am a cynic. <laughs> and it, it was like the dude, the, the, the character had issues with his dad. And I'm like, do I have issues with my dad? And I, it just constantly had me questioning how good of a person am I really? You know what I mean? Like, I, what, what am I holding to? What am I resenting? Now, that was just something that I was re- able to brush off. I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, they, they're just they're just directing this good. You know, Tom Hanks is bringing it, you know, and, and Tom Hanks is already somebody I trust. I grew up on Tom Hanks movies. You know, it, 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 ah, this is nothing. But at the end, they decide to do an exercise. Oh, it, it, this is spoiler text t- territory. Yeah, okay, I'll tell y'all later. i tell you later. <laughs> i tell y'all in the spoiler review. The spoiler review will be in a special, and it will be, I will be recording it right after this one. You'll be getting it soon after I dropped the uh, podcast. But uh, they just did some things in there that just put this thing on another level when it comes down to uh, impact uh, as a movie. Uh, it's very relevant. A lot of people was probably like, why? I was like, why? Because they just re- released a very good documentary of Mr. Rogers, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, last year. And, you know, it cleaned up. And, and I was like, okay, Mr. Rogers had his shine. He had his run. But I was surprised that they did it again. Like, are they going to do a third thing? But now when I see what they decided to do with it and make it not his story, oh, my God, it was incredible. Just wanted to talk about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood for a minute. Uh, if you're a Mr. Rogers fan, you your jaw drop will your jaw will drop at this movie. Uh, and if you're not, you will still enjoy it because it's just a great narrative. And it's definitely uh, going to win over The Good Liar, if you couldn't tell by the context. Next up, you got the 3C, 21 Bridges versus Dr. Sleep. And ah, this is an easy one. Dr. Sleep is going to take this one easy. I have a lot of problems with 21 Bridges. So 21 Bridges, it seemed like uh, what happened is it was a movie that was born out of good networking. It seemed like that the Russo brothers knew somebody who they really wanted to believe in and they picked up their project. This script seemed like it was not done yet. It seemed very premature. A lot of things felt forced and uh, I did not like it. Uh I, I and I and I didn't like it because um it's hard to it's hard to really get into why I didn't like it without getting into spoilers. I'm trying to temper that. But um I didn't like a lot of what they uh decided to do with character. Uh if you you probably so tired of it by now, but stories are about character. Character, character, character. I drive it home all the time and it's probably you probably get so sick of me saying it. But when you betray character, that's something that's really hard to forgive you for, unless you redeem that by giving me another character who you do a lot better with. But we watch stories for character, for development, for growth. We didn't get that in this one. In this one, we got some half-assed attempt at social commentary. Uh, we'll get more into it in, in the review, but uh, it it constantly uh, helped it forget where it was going as a narrative from plot point to plot point. Uh, and by the time the movie was over, it was just mostly silly. It was just a bunch of nothing. Trying to say, a, uh, uh, trying to, you know, tell a side, uh, it... You see, you see, y'all, I'm trying, I can't even come up with, I can't come up with the, with the words of what this thing was trying to do. I can't because it just constantly fell on its face when it was trying to do something. Um, some of the shootouts was cool. I really love the sound mixing. I hope it get nominated for an Oscar for the incredible sound mixing in here. And I know that's a little dorky talking about sound mixing, but, um, if you think that you don't care about sound mixing, sound mixing. I want you to think of a scene from an old movie that uh, some of my listeners probably never seen. But it was a scene, it was a movie called Heat. And in that movie, great movie starring Al Pacino and Robert De Niro uh, and some other great cast, um, there was a shootout, a massive shootout. This shootout was incredible, incredible. And one of the main reasons why was the sound mixing. I mean, you really like felt like you were... It, it immersed in the action. You got you got to have a f- certain appreciation for that. They did that with Twenty One Bridges. Their gunfights were visceral, but at the same time, they were the stunt. I didn't really like the stunt work, honestly. I didn't really like the stunt work either. 
It was this part at the end, man. I can't wait to talk about this. I kind of want to skip to that part in the spoiler review, but it was it was silly. If you don't listen to my spoiler reviews, people, it's worth it. Trust me. That's when I really get into my bag and and <laughs> and start having fun. But with that, but I'm telling you, 21 Bridges, uh, I think that a lot of people will um like it. A lot of people won't think it's a bad movie. Uh, but trust me, it's not a good movie, and it's not even close to the much better good movie that Dr. Sleep is. Now, I got my problems with Dr. Sleep, but it's definitely worlds beyond 21 Bridges. The next matchup in the first round is Joker versus Ford versus Ford versus Ferrari. That was a little weird. And uh, look, Joker is, is, a, is a very respectable crown champion. The most dominant crown champion. No other crown champion has got the title back. This thing got the title back from Parasite uh, because it constantly kept impacting the culture. Uh, So uh, Joker is losing. I'll just put that out there. It's a first round knockout uh, for for, uh, the crown champion Joker. And that's because uh, just the timing. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari is actually a better movie than Joker. And on top of that, um, it's newer. So that's mainly the reason that that's going on. Uh, I won't get too much in depth into Ford versus Ferrari, but just know. I'll go right back to character. Hey, Joker is working so well because of character. Trust me, a lot of people, a lot of people loving Joker and they, they're loving the the character driven story that it was or or character driven acting honestly honestly i think the acting was a lot better than the script on joker but um four versus ferrari is gonna beat joker and go to the second round in the rounds for the crown next up in the rounds for the crown claws versus a beautiful day in the neighborhood uh and this is pretty cool because uh these movies do have some similarities in a lot of ways so um i thought that claws is a really cool movie um I thought that it was very creative to think of a way to play with Christmas in the way that they did. But with that being said, uh, Claus, I really loved uh, a lot about it. I love the message. Uh, I love what they did with the Christmas holiday and the Christmas spirit. And I'm a Christmas dude. And uh, I really appreciated Claus. But it cannot touch what the beautiful day in the neighborhood did to my life and is doing overall uh, uh, in his narrative. Uh, So I'm thinking that this thing is going to get a couple Oscar nods. Uh, Tom Hanks was already a shoe-in for uh, Mr. Rogers, but with this, after seeing it, um, it's going to be, this is going to be one of the toughest years for acting uh, that we've seen in a long time. Usually with acting, with uh, best lead actor, you got um, a bunch of people who are kind of like giving A performances, and then you got that A plus that's just miles ahead of everybody else. So it's kind of an easy pick every year. With this one, uh, it's not an easy pick at all. We have some incredible performance. We got some incredible performances. We got two incredible perform. Why is incredible performance kicking my ass? Um, we got two incredible performances in uh, Ford versus Ferrari. But um, in Beautiful Day, it was just incredible performances. Uh, the guy who played uh, Lloyd in, um, in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, he's going to get nominated too. He was great as well. I mean, it's going to get his Oscar nods. And uh, it's, just, it's just great storytelling. Please check out the special that I will be recording because I will be recording four reviews. Check that out after I'm done. And look, let's, let's talk about these movies, man. Uh, I'm excited to talk about them. Beautiful Day is an incredible movie. And it is Edge and Claws in the second round of the rounds for the crown. Next up in the second round is Ford versus Ferrari versus Dr. Sleep. Uh, This is a... It's funny. This whole uh, second round is just laced with great performances. Just good performances. I thought that it was great performances in Dr. Sleep. Uh, My problem is with Stephen King. Uh, My my problem is with uh, what he does with his folklore. Uh, I just can't get behind it a lot of times uh, because it just causes too many inconsistencies. Stephen King works best as an author. Uh, He's a better author than a a, a movie uh, guy. He's a better book writer than a screenwriter. Because as a book writer, you buy into so much more. It's so much easier to buy into stuff because you're getting so much information. Uh, he just simply can't do that with Dr. Sleep. And on top of that, he wasn't really trying to make a narrative. He was trying to fix his movie. No, I've never heard of an author writing a sequel to a book because of the movie that was adapted from it. That's insane. But with that being said, uh, what you had is a decent movie. But, you know, I thought that the third act, 
had so many problems where it was just trying to make stuff happen uh, just for the sake of, of um, you know, closing out the book how he wanted to instead of uh, one that would make his mythology make more sense. It kind of bothered me. So with that being said, uh, it, it takes a lot of points off. I thought that Ford versus Ferrari was pretty much a flawless flawless movie uh my one problem with the movie is so minute that it's just it's i could still rate it 100 percent if i wanted to and with that being said it's easily edge and dr sleep but dr sleep is a good horror movie man it's one of the best ones that we've seen this year for sure and we go to the third and final round of the rounds for the crown first up in the rounds for the crown is a beautiful day in the neighborhood versus Ford versus Ferrari and people, I'm going to say it, this is the hardest third round that I have ever had to judge. These are two phenomenal movies. These are two movies that if you said they were 100%, I wouldn't argue with you. I, I would be like, okay, I'm I'm going to let you respect, I'm going to respect that opinion because I just saw too many good things in these movies to, 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 to doubt them. I couldn't doubt them. So with that being said, um, yeah, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is... Um, like I say, it got everything uh, that you would want. Uh, but at the same time, I thought that Ford versus Ferrari also has everything that you would want and um, tells you a more powerful um, character arc. Uh, it's just a better character arc. It's actually two uh, very important arcs going on in here. Both Christian Bale and Matt Damon have equally important arcs. Uh, they kind of are intertwined in a lot of ways in this movie with, with the way that the characters are developed. And I think that it just hits you harder when you finally get to the end. I mean, I didn't like a part of me wanted to hate the end of four versus Ferrari because of how well they did with the movie. It was, it was just an incredible feat. And for it, four versus Ferrari will win. They will narrowly edge a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, I can't wait to add this thing to my collection for, for here in the foreseeable future. And four versus Ferrari is the crown champion. They earned it. They earned it. That's crazy. I went to RottenTomatoes.com and I'm seeing some early uh, reviews of some stuff. My next, uh, my next review is going to be pretty interesting. But I wanted to give you all the shorter one. Uh, I got a lot of changes that I'm about to make to this podcast. So uh, I just needed to get this one out here. I am late as hell. I honestly could have delayed this thing another two days to give myself time to see Queen and Slim and, and, four and uh, Knives Out. But I'm not going to do that. Uh, but Knives Out is certified fresh already, and that's kind of crazy. Uh, well, not already, but it will be, trust me. And uh, so, yeah, you enjoy your holiday. Uh, enjoy your family. Uh, have some good eating. Um, I am going to enjoy me some vegan Thanksgiving for, for Thanksgiving. Uh, and it just makes Thanksgiving that much better by being able to celebrate this and not harming is not doing the harm that I could be doing. It's a great thing. I invite you to do the same. If you haven't tried vegan, do it, do it, get you a vegan Thanksgiving meal. Uh, oh, so it's a company called squash the beef catering. Check them out. Um, not not now. I know it's a little too soon. You probably bought everything that you needed to eat for this season. But trust me, my God, you want some comfort food? They got it. All right. I know I'm way out of my element. Y'all love each other. Love movies. And until next time. This is the Novelty Podcast.